This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Welcome to Backstage at Tillis Center. I'm Sherry Linker, Director of Communications here, and the idea behind this podcast is to provide listeners with a peek behind the scenes, what it takes to put on a performance on stage, and along the way, share some backstage stories. No one better can talk about backstage than Tom Pascarella, Production Manager at Tillis Center, who spends every waking moment here backstage. Thanks for breaking away today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so many people would love to go into production. It sounds so glamorous. What's something you can share about the business of live performance that newbies may not necessarily know? It's not at all glamorous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it can sometimes be terribly, terribly boring. You know, sometimes we're just we're sitting there waiting, and but you know, we're all getting paid to sit there and wait. Uh, but uh, it it can be a, a labor of love at, at some times. Um, but the other, the other great part of it, the wonderful part of it is that there are so many opportunities to get involved um, in some way, shape, or form to, to do something in production. Um, you, if, you're, if you're good at organizing things, if you like, um, you can book flights for the talent. You can come in and, and take care of transportation and catering and deal with all of these catering requests, you know, vegan, vegetarian, I don't like red meat, I don't like quinoa, um, and put all of those things together. It's not just necessarily the lighting, the sound, the, the wardrobe, um, if you will, um, the, the big three or four items that, that are very glitzy that you see on stage. It can be um, almost anything you want. We have people who specifically come in and deal with only wigs um, or only makeup. We had a masseuse this past weekend for the Chris Angel show that was requested. Um, so there's so many different possibilities and things that if you uh, to bring your own interests and your own um, – your own strengths to the business and uh, and be successful with it because it really takes tens and hundreds of, of people to bring a, a performance like that together at Tilla Center or on the road or wherever it may be. So the phrase is normally it takes a village to raise a kid. So <laughs> yeah. Same kind of true, thing. True, true. Uh, could you walk us through a typical day of performance um, from what time you began to show time? Just kind of give us an idea of uh, how yeah. the day shapes out. Of course. I mean, there unfortunately, there is no typical day. Every day is unique, which is why I, I got involved with it, why I'm, I'm still here after 17 years. Every every day is is very unique. But I'll, I'll kind of give you both ends of the spectrum. This weekend, we did music at Hillwood. Uh, Caroline Dessinger brought in the, the fabulous Emerson String Quartet for a performance. Um, and that's, you know... I, not to, to take anything away from them, but one of the easier performances for us to do. Um, they're in the recital hall. The lighting and sound is pretty much all set. We just walk in. We walk in around noon, turn everything on, get everything ready in the stage set for their 2 o'clock rehearsal. Um, 
Then we open the house around 3.30. They do a performance at 4. And we were all um, out, of the, out the door by 7 o'clock after cleaning and sweeping up. Um, so that's, that's the short, one of the shorter days we have. Uh, if we're doing a gigantic Broadway show or a gigantic uh, children's performance, uh, let's say worst case scenario, we're doing two shows in a day, a matinee. Um, we It takes us about anywhere from eight to 10 hours to load it in. So we can be in as early as 4 a.m. Wow. Um, we'll take that through some breakfast, some lunch, some brunch. Uh, then we'll kind of cut everybody down around uh, you know an hour or two before the first show, let them uh, reset. We do the first show, we bring that down, we reset everything for the second show, and then once that show comes down, it, it normally takes four to five hours to uh, load a show out. So we can be there anywhere from maybe four, five, six o'clock in the morning till about two o'clock the morning the next day, because we're also going to reset the theater for the next morning, the next performance that's probably rolling in as this Something show is rolling Something completely different. Out. Completely right. different. And I, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners have had the opportunity to see the space in both of its uh, configurations, but we have a beautiful orchestral shell that's uh, acoustically wonderful for all of our orchestras. And then we have uh, what we call our proscenium package with all of the drapes you'd find in a normal Broadway house. And we tend to bounce back and forth between those configurations weekly, daily, hourly even sometimes. So that takes um, a good group of people of our kind of core uh, amazing stage crew that that we employ uh, uh, on on a quick day, about two hours to change it over and fold all the drapes, uh, bring the shell in or vice versa, um, hanging all of the drapes and taking the shell out and setting up the lighting and focusing and all of that fun stuff. Wow. Never a dull moment. No. And no, speaking no. of, what's one of the funniest stories backstage you can share? Um, or I, many stories. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to choose. Um, I know one of the 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 ones that has been going on since even before I I started at Tilla Center, but uh, was uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and Ted Neely, uh, who was famously Jesus for for a very Love very the very long time. Myself. Yes, wonderful, wonderful guy, wonderful performances. Um, it seems like that, that show had a little bit of a cloud over it at times because before they came to Tillis, um, we hear that Ted was going up on the cross and knocked into a girder and kind of knocked himself unconscious. Um, so he's literally <clears throat> hanging on the cross literally unconscious. Literally hanging on the cross <laughs> unconscious. Just goes to show you how, how dedicated Ted is to his to his performance. So Perfect. everybody was, was very... Uh, on edge and very, you know, meticulous about the next couple of shows to make sure everything was clear. Um, in the performance we had here, um, the cross comes up out of the deck and and pitches up and uh, and he is there at the very end. Um, one of the first nights, uh, again, right before my time here, um, we had a, a multi-day run of the performance and we shut everything down like we normally do. We come in the next day. The show didn't necessarily go through all of their checklist. And when it came time for the cross to raise, there was no power to it. And uh, so Ted, being the, the consummate professional that he is, um, just stood up and, and mimicked it, hands out on the cross again, kind of left hanging out to dry a little bit um, and finished the performance. Then a few years later, we have Jesus Christ Superstar again, and this was during my tenure here. Um, and we have a lot of smoke and haze, which uh, early in our career here wreaked a little havoc with our fire alarm systems. So at the very end, the penultimate moment of the performance, 
head is there, the, the cross is raised, and the fire alarms go off. So we have, we have people on standby in case this happens. They immediately shut down the audible alarms throughout the theater, but the strobe lights are still going off, and everybody just loved it. They thought it was part of the show with all everything going on. It's perfect. Um, actually, another fire alarm story that we have. We have a, a lot of fire alarm stories. <laughs> <clears throat> um, when we built the atrium, um, we were kind of down to the wire of getting everything together and getting our certificate of occupancy to, to have the last show. So when uh, our, our first performance with the new atrium was, uh, was happening, we had all of these uh, fire marshals and building people there just to make sure everything was, was to, to spec. And uh, right before the beginning of the performance, uh, the fire marshal backed into a fire alarm pole station. It fell off the wall, activated the fire alarm. And my at the time, Bob Goida was the production manager. I was the technical director. And we're sitting there marveling at the, at the atrium from outside, you know, kind of giving ourselves a pat on the back when the fire alarm goes off. Our kind of hearts jump, but then we watch everybody in the atrium gently stand up and start walking into the theater because they thought the the soothing tone of the fire alarm was actually our new way of telling everybody to please enter the theater. The show is about to begin. <laughs> so luckily there was no fire. We didn't send anybody into any flames. Um, but, and the show uh, must go and on. And the show so. must go on. <laughs> What's one of, you deal with the talent every time they mm-hmm. come here? What's one of the most unusual requests you can share? You can either name a name or not name a name. Up to you. Um, well, early, actually, earlier this season uh, we had a request. As uh, we go through, you know, we get this this what's called a rider, and it has all of the um, all of the the needs and necessities for the for the performers coming in. And you know, there's all these great stories everybody knows about the 1000 brown m&m type of type of requests nice. so this uh one i got was uh, earlier this year was uh for a uh green 1995 um what was it toyota camry uh that they wanted and uh in working condition uh it did not say okay it did not say so um it, Having been in the business for a while, I kind of knew what this meant, and uh, it's basically an Easter egg. It's for uh, those who put out the rider and are bringing the show in. They want to make sure that you're reading every line and that you're not forgetting any details. So when I go back to them and say, hey, what about this Camry? It gives them a little bit of relief saying, okay, this guy's on top of it. He's read, read everything. Yeah, don't worry about the Toyota Camry. We'll bring it with us, which... You know, obviously, they didn't have one. They, they didn't bring one. Um, but then we get um, – we had this one very, very famous um, female performer. I believe it was a gala of ours, a very famous daughter of a, of, uh, of a performance family. And uh, she required two tanks of oxygen <clears throat> to have uh, right off of stage, uh, as well as two cartons of uh, Marlboro Red cigarettes. Um, and they, it was, uh, we, we basically told them because we're, we're on a university campus, we can't really condone smoking. We can't really purchase cigarettes. So they, they purchased their own cigarettes and this performer would come off stage, stick her head through the curtain, take a few puffs Her her assistant who didn't smoke would light the cigarette, take a few puffs, have it ready. She would take a few puffs take a hit off the oxygen mask and boom right back out on stage wow <clears throat> yeah so um so yeah those are the the types That's of things just we, priceless. we deal with yeah yeah and uh, last question who yeah. was your favorite artist to meet um 
I, I didn't know this at the time, but I still to this day have a tremendous amount of respect for Tony Orlando. He was a fantastic person. He was fantastic to the crew, uh, very personable, and gosh, put on such a great show. I mean, he really connected with the, the person in the back of the audience as well as he connected to the person with the front of the audience. He just, you could tell he really, really enjoyed what he did, no matter how many tens and 20, 30, 40, 50 years that he's been doing it, um, it looked like he was still a, a kid out there. Like he he was 25 again when he was out there. And he just, it, it's it's those types of performers that, that I look to and my crew look to. And we we take a sigh of relief like, yes, this is this is why we do this. This is why we spend, you know, 20 hours a day working uh, sometimes for, for someone just like that. Uh, on a personal level, <clears throat> uh, we, within the last year or so, had Joe Satriani here. Um, and Joe Satriani's mom was my fourth grade teacher. And uh, she was good friends with my mom. And uh, the, the school I went to is kind of right next door to where I used to live. And uh, she gave me the, my... my my teacher, my fourth grade teacher, uh, gave us uh, gave me a copy of Surfing with the Alien, J- Joe's one of his first cassette tapes <laughs> back in the day. Um, and as as being a family friend, she always told us about her her two twin daughters and her son Joe. And he was just um, you know the apple of of her eye. Um, and we we learned a lot about him. But he was never he was always in California, so we never I never got to meet him. So getting a chance to meet him and kind of reminisce a little bit about his mom, who had, has since passed. Uh, was was great and uh i think uh hopefully made him feel a little little more at home and made him feel good that uh we all remember and, and truly love his mom oh that's great these are such <coughs> great stories yeah. and i'm hoping that you'll come back in a few weeks yeah. because we do have 17 years worth of backstage stories to get out of you. yes yes and a big new season of I stories know. coming up can't wait <laughs> Uh, thank you, Tom. Really thank appreciate you. it. Coming up this summer are two shows, July 6th, the Southern Uprising Southern Rock Tour featuring Charlie Daniels, Marshall Tucker Band, and the Outlaws, and August 4th, Lost 80s Live with Flock of Seagulls, Wang Chung, Naked Eyes, and a slew of other 80s performers. Stay tuned, as Tom alluded to, for our new season announcement, too. You've been listening to Backstage at Tillis Center on the campus of LIU Post in Brookville, Long Island. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.